The time is 8.37. The day is May 9th. It's a moment we've been waiting for for months, all those mass street rallies. And perhaps connected with that, we heard this rallying cry from the National Election Commission head, Kim Yong-dok. All state authority shall emanate from the people. Calling there for all eligible voters to take part today. Remember, you can cast your ballot until 8pm at designated polling stations. We're expecting a record number today, really uh, in that 80% range in terms of turnout of our biggest ever electorate. In honour of the occasion, let's welcome in the studio Dr. Kim Ji-yoon, Director at the Centre for Public Opinion and Quantitative Research, the ASEAN Institute for Policy Studies. Spoken to you many times on the phone. Great to have you here in the studio. Well, good morning, Alice. And also, let me say good morning to Dr. Koo Se-ung, co-founder and publisher at Career Expose. Hello there. Good to have you here too. So, this is the first time for early voting to be introduced for a presidential election. So far this morning, just to get the latest figures, as of 8.30, 5.7%, million. That's not really much of an increase from 8am. I just wonder, Dr. Kim, mm -hmm. uh, what your thoughts are on the significance of early voting, the fact that we already had more than a mm -hmm. quarter of the electorate right. casting their votes last week. So the turnout of early voting was 26%. Um, and as you mentioned, is a quarter of the whole uh, turnout, uh, whole electorate. And early voting usually is used for, you know, to increasing the turnout and is used in the United States. Uh, but it shows that how enthusiastic Korean electorates are in this election and it also means that we can expect higher turnout than the previous election the 17th the presidential election so i'm kind of um excited and you just mentioned that is turnout so far is 2.4 but it is based on the whole electorate so it, <clears throat> it doesn't really add the the, the early voting uh, turnout yet so i think it's not that bad i mean it's lower than the previous one but uh, it is not really the bad one yeah yeah this morning was lower I, i'm not sure 5.7 mm -hmm. percent at this point at 8 30 a.m um it, it is rising we'll okay. we'll keep an eye on it uh now staying with you dr kim for a moment mm -hmm. just getting within the the regions mm -hmm. I, I know that some of the news outlets today are giving a a breakdown mm -hmm. of percentage region by region, which goes from the late 4% range right up into mm -hmm. the 7% range at this point. How significant is that? The fact that, for example, I mean, we know with early voting, um, the Honam region was very yeah. much engaged. Uh, but um, we, we saw the Yongnam region down at 24.92%. Right. So um, Honam region, I mean, the electors in Honam and Gwangju, <clears throat> they're always in politically very enthusiastic and then their turnout was always the record highest in the nationwide usually they were the highest so i i was not really um surprised by the high turnout in the konam and Gwangju. uh but one thing i noted is the lowest turnout in early voting was daegu and um, the Yongnam region and it just shows that well probably they have not really decided yet at that time but i just checked out before i come into the studio um, their turnout is the highest <laughs> right now so they finally made up their mind on the election day and they're going to the voting booth so they're now compensating let's turn to you dr ku as well uh, i mean th this idea of having voter turnout over 80 percent of a massive electorate we've never seen so many eligible voters in this country before what what is the major significance of that 
Well, let's be clear that 80% is what the National Commission is expecting, but the number certainly can change. Uh, many factors can play into this, not least the weather that you were talking about. Mm. Uh, we're looking at overcast sky here in Seoul, and there may be rain in parts of the country. And also, um, I think um, many people have said in the past that having a, such a high turnout can benefit liberal candidates, but we have also seen that this is not always the case. So, With the early votes coming in at 26%, I think what we're looking at is perhaps more uncertainty than anything else. Uh, We actually do not know how these early votes uh, turned out to be. And that is why uh, the representatives of the various uh, campaigns have been very busy spinning it to their um, campaigns or candidates' favor. But that is um, something we will need to wait for until the end of the day. Yeah, because it's interesting. In in other countries, a high turnout often plays into the uh, liberal camps. But uh, I've heard analysis on this show in the last few days that we we shouldn't necessarily read into that, that we have a lot of older voters here and high turnout just means more people voting. (laughs) Perhaps that's what it means rather than favoring one candidate or another. What's your view on that? Yeah, that's absolutely true. And as Dr. Kim said earlier, this is an extraordinary election. Let's not forget why Koreans are voting today for their president. We had a scandal. Many people are fed up. There were these incredible protests all around the nation for the whole winter leading up to spring when President Park Geun-hye, now former president, was uh, ousted from office. So naturally, people want to participate in this election. They want to make sure their votes count for something. Um, coming back to you, Dr. Kim, on that mm-hmm. whole question of high voter turnout. Uh-huh. Uh, and you've been looking at the numbers. Yeah. That's what you do. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I, do you think, we, we don't want to give any particular candidate the spotlight here, but mm-hmm. uh, do you think that high percentages do mm-hmm. play a big part in terms of this, the way this race is going to go? Well... It's really hard to tell in this election because it's first of all, the, as the previous election showed, the higher turnout doesn't necessarily do good or favor the liberal candidates. And also, this is five way race. And well, we usually when you say that you know, when there's a high turnout and it favors a liberal candidate because usually the young people do not vote. Elderly is a kind of default. Factor, uh, so higher turnout implies that the young people go get out and vote. This time, um, actually, the, the Mr. Yoo Sung-min and Ms. Shim Sang-jung are quite uh, popular among the young people. Mm. So it doesn't necessarily go to the liberal candidate, Mr. Moon Jae-in, but it can divide up uh, to Mr. Moon Jae-in and Shim Sang-jung. And also Mr. Yoo Sung-min has uh, some favor uh, by the high turnout. So we are not really sure about that. <laughs> Let's go over some of the significant factors mm-hmm. that could determine today's voting. Uh, Dr. Koo, uh, last-minute campaign efforts went Right up until midnight, more than a quarter of the electorate had already cast their ballots last week. So those last-minute campaigns wouldn't have been able to sway them. But was there there anything in the last few days that you think would have made a big difference? Uh, I mean, that is quite unlikely. I think we have seen the poll numbers showing very strongly favouring a particular candidate. And there's really no reason to anticipate a major surprise. Although I do have to concede, nobody knows. But... Um, with the campaigns wrapping up themselves, I think we have seen quite predictably the major candidates focusing on the metropolitan Seoul region to try to get those important votes in the capital. The uh, interesting exception, of course, was Ansersu, the self-proclaimed centrist. Uh, and, and befitting that title, he chose to wrap up his campaign in the city of Daejeon, uh, quite centrally located. And, and it had certain symbolic resonance there. Don't know if this is actually going to help him, however. 
was it uh, too much in the way of negative campaigning? Do you think, Dr. Kim, or, or is that just something we expect worldwide these days? Yeah, I mean, you have to expect negative campaign all the right, and this is the thing that you have to expect during the campaign season. And particularly so in this election, because there's the just peculiar, the front runner is there, and the four other people, the rest and the major uh, candidates. Um, and then you have to remember that negative campaign is the thing that usually the person or candidate is trailing. Mm. So the front runner doesn't really do the negative campaign, and the rest do the uh, uh, negative campaign. So that means that there's a four people you know, who could do the negative. And so that's probably why we could see. And then this was, it was a really short period of time of campaign. So we didn't really have much time to review the policy platforms and et cetera. So that was basically uh, focused on you know, attacking the candidate. Mm. And it's just really you know, time pressure. What's really interesting, though, and this goes against my own expectations, Dr. Ku, is the fact that we've got five leading candidates still in there. We did have a couple of candidates drop out. So we've got 13 altogether. But, but those five main candidates by polling numbers, we surely had expected two of them to start supporting one other just to boost the chances of, of, of an opposition candidate to the main poll leader for months. But that never happened. The vote's therefore going to be split. What's the significance of that, do you think? Well, I can guess as to which two candidates you're referring to. <laughs> yes, but let's try not, to dance around the names. Yeah, let's <laughs> dance around that for the sake of uh, objectivity here. Um, I think this is a really good thing for South Korean politics. Um, normally, as you have said, the pattern in South Korea is for the lesser or less popular candidates to drop out so that they can throw their support behind the leading candidates from their ideological factions. But in this case, uh, these, um, um, I guess, I, I hate to call them minor candidates, but but the less popular candidates certainly have stuck to their guns and they have said from the very beginning that this is a race that they intend to complete. It also goes to actually show how divided these uh, elect, uh, ideological coalitions have become. Uh, we do see actually some clear differences emerging between different candidates, mm. whether they are conservative or progressive. So it's good that the South Korean poll electorate now has more of a choice and the candidates are willing to cater to that demand. I think we can speak broadly, Dr. Kim, about conservatism mm -hmm. here because it's been a major problem for the last few months, obviously, uh, in that conservative camp, dealing with the association mm -hmm. with the ousted leader Park and uh, the breakaway pardon party camp mm -hmm. now losing mm -hmm. more than a dozen lawmakers to yeah. mass defection. But I keep hearing people talking about this hardcore conservative base who have mm -hmm. not been reflected in polls. And what do you think? <laughs> what do you think of the state of that conservative camp right now, well, regardless of specific candidate? Well, you have to expect the twenty-five percent of the really hardcore conservatives, those who opposed the impeachment and didn't really like the process. I mean, they all the, sh the polls during the impeachment period it showed that there's a no, very solid twenty-five percent of uh, people who opposed the impeachment, and that's a really hardcore conservatives. And, well, a lot of people say, well, there's another 20, uh, 12, 20% you know, who are not really shown in the polls. Um, I don't really agree with that. I mean, usually those who refuse to answer and don't know answer is about like, you know, between 10 and 15%. And you cannot really say that all those 10 and 15% are all conservative. There are some are liberals, some are conservatives, and some are moderates. So I wouldn't say that. But from my, um, well, in the studies before, usually it's a uh, 
the Texas Henry Party and and the Conservative uh, Party supporters were around the thirty percent, and I uh, over thirty or thirty five percent, and some of them probably slipped away because of the impeachment periods. But you know, you have to expect. Well, there's a still very solid you know, conservative support around twenty twenty five percent. Uh, speaking of numbers, we've got this latest figure, 7.6% turnout. That's 3.2 million people. But the rate itself is much lower than last time around. It was 11.6% at this time. One thing we do have to... Well, two things I think we have to keep bearing in mind. We didn't have early voting last time, and we've got an extra two hours of voting till 8pm. I'm sure that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, we're going to end up with a lower-than-expected turnout uh, probably just means what it means on the surface value at this point. Dr. Ku, let's talk about fake news. It was the big subject of the US presidential election. We've had a lot of stories about fake news here in Korea. Uh, working in the media as you do, have you, have you come across a lot of stories that, that have made you, you know, sort of wonder, you know, that, that shouldn't be out there? Well, I mean, certainly there will always be stories that shouldn't be out there, but it's also to be on the control of any regulatory agency. And it, you just need to expect it as part of the election, I think, in any country. Uh, what is important for the voters, perhaps, is to be really careful in checking the news they read. That said, I mean, readers or voters, they read what they want to read. Um, mm. They want to see news that confirms their beliefs. And um, and with the social media being such a vibrant area here in South Korea, it's um, hard not to expect that there may be some influence from this sector, unfortunately. One of the restrictions in reporting that we've had in place over the last six days has been not allowed <laughs> to publish any new poll data, nope. um, which must have been difficult for you, Dr. Kim. Uh, oh, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> but you are going to have some numbers soon enough. 8 p.m., the polls close, and then we'll have the exit poll data come out. And there's a new method. Mm -hmm. uh, it's known as exit forms with a long form. I, right. I'm not quite sure what that means. Perhaps you can explain and, and whether we can take the exit poll data seriously when it comes out tonight. So the three major broadcasting uh, station, they have uh, two different types of the exit polls. One is uh, the one that you are used to, which is, uh, who did you vote for? Um, and the second one is a long form. So it's not just only asking you the, which candidate you, do, you voted for, but also why did you vote for that person? and when you decided you know, to vote for that person. So it's more in-depth questions and to do some in-depth analysis. So that is long form. So therefore, we'll be able to know roughly how many people changed their mind at the last yes. minute and that sort of thing, which will be right. very helpful. Yeah, and what was the biggest, uh, the, the biggest, uh, most important issues in this election and what was a determinant uh, or factor uh, to um, you know, make your decision. But, but the other part of that question, do you think we'll have an accurate idea with the exit poll data when it comes out? Well, the, I, as far as I know, for the first type of the exit poll, that simple one, uh, they're um, expecting to have like 90,000 people. And uh, usually the exit poll in the, the presidential election was quite accurate. So I think we can get a very accurate number okay. by the time. Well, that will be mid-evening. And then from... 11 p.m. or so, mm -hmm. we'll start to have a, a very, very good idea before this uh, announcement is made finally tomorrow morning. Uh, Dr. Ku, it's an unusual situation, isn't it? Normally, you're president-elect for a few months before you take office here. The new leader is going to be put in office tomorrow. Um, what can we expect in terms of those unique challenges? 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. Normally, there's about two months for the incoming president to prepare for the presidency, and that means a transition committee, lots of discussion as to cabinet appointments, but this is not going to be the case for the new president, who will become president as soon as the National Election Commission announces the result. Of course, I'm sure the leading candidates have been making their own preparations as to what they would do, but I think the focus will be on the advisory committees that have been assisting the candidates in forming policy positions and they will most likely play very important roles in the incoming administration. And there is also the other factor, of course, that uh, whoever becomes a president will not be enjoying a majority in the National Assembly. So that will become a major challenge, especially in winning confirmation for any cabinet appointments. Yeah, what, what's your view of that, Dr. Kim? You've got this five-party system mm-hmm. at the moment. Do, do, mm-hmm. you, do you see that continuing going forward? And are there any other extra challenges that you'd like to highlight? Well, you know, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a reshuffle, but not really near in the future. Uh, probably before the local election, because we have a local election next year. Um, so maybe at the end of this year or early next year, there's going to be some of the reshuffling of the parties. I mean, currently no party has the majority. And even the number one party, the MPK, has a 120 seats in the National Assembly. So they they need to do some coalition, make a coalition with any of the parties. So, And it's very shaky ground. And I'm pretty sure the conservative side, they're there's going to be some some movement and action to uh, accommodate the other conservative National Assembly people from bottom party. Dr. Ku, what message would you like to share with anyone who's still on the fence about A, who they're going to vote for and B, whether they're even going to vote? (laughs) Well, I mean, considering the amount of trouble the South Korean public has taken to remove a sitting president, I mean, it wouldn't only be right to actually participate in this very important process and make sure that democracy continues to burn brightly. But do you think it's very important to be informed? If it, Some people just vote because they've got the vote, but they, they don't actually have too much idea about the issues themselves. Well, if, if they're not informed by now, I don't think they will ever be informed enough to do a good job of being a democratic citizen. It's but a democratic citizen, as you say. It's a responsibility. <laughs> Dr. Kim... Some people say, well, my individual vote doesn't matter. You're all about calculating a lot of different individual opinions, aren't you? Well, only in one situation that your individual vote matters. There's even votes are distributed to all the, in the, the candidates, and then your vote will decide the, the, decision, uh, the result. That never happens in your lifetime. But um, this is probably the only way that you can participate in institutionalized and democratized, uh, democracy. Um, so go vote. This is the most important thing. <laughs> go vote. That's the slogan. Could uh, be written on a poster somewhere, couldn't it? Uh, we have now 9% turnout 9.2 percent it's going up all the time still lower than the same time in 2012 but i think we've well established uh, there are some key differences that explain that dr kim Ji-yoon, director of the asan institute for policy and dr ku seung of the korea expose thank you both very much thank you thank you and news headlines and plenty more coming up next